Anybody but Christopher Lamb. I don't think he's ever been done. Oh, I think it's Lambert as well. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme, he's clearly just from Brussels. Right. But, like, Christopher Lambert's just got, like, the most insane accent known to man. I think we've talked about this before, but mm-hmm. either way. Yes. All right. Raised in a small village. <laughs> By wolves. <laughs> Taught to speak English. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Kevin Sorbo was raised by wolves. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of a dipshit. Or he's a big old dipshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're recording. Um, I-, I wanted to start this off. Um, usually we kind of just dick around and give each other shit, but uh, I-, I just wanted to tell you, James, sincerely, that I really enjoy the time that we get to spend together doing this. Tee hee. It's... It, and p- people don't really know, but part of the magic is nowhere near what we record. The real, the real fun, and I think anybody else, you know, uh, Hoople or Deb or Brad or Kayla, anybody can tell you, like, yeah, the recording part's fine, but the real magic comes off mic. So mm-hmm. just, just know what you're missing out on, everyone. All the immense amounts of talking shit. Ah. Good times, good times. Yeah, I mean, we have conversations ranging uh, everything from a uh, 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 painful shit we had taken that morning mm-hmm. to uh, astrophysics that we don't understand. Absolutely, but we will talk about it for a long time. Yep, and none of it would make any sense to a learned person. An but, actual uh, astrophysics would still be a physicist. Yeah. Yeah. They would open hand slap both of us before storming out angrily. Powdering their hand beforehand to get that nice <laughs> puff after his smack <laughs> Poof. Fucking, uh, it's, all right, it's not a cool thing to do, but it was a long time ago back when it was less horrible socially, I guess. Mm. When I worked at Hooters, I used to do that to waitresses because they had like the wings that were covered in flour. Mm-hmm. So every once in a while, you just have a handful of flour and you just slap one of them on the ass. Yes. And you see that big puff. Ah, yes. But, uh, yeah, don't do that. No. Don't slap your coworkers on the ass. Again, like I said, this We was... here at Horror Vomit do not condone. Yeah, don't, don't do that. No. All right. <laughs> now that that's... Sure, man. Now that we've gotten that PSA out of the way, should we, uh... Should... Oh, shit. <laughs> Today we talk about horror movies so you don't have to. God damn it. I forgot my notes. <laughs> Man, this has started off super duper unprofessional. But I got to say it for once. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, well you can say it again, too. I mean, if it makes you feel Oh, good. I was planning on it. Good, good. <laughs> Not letting you steal my thunder, you son of a bitch. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> All right. Are you ready there, Chuckles? As ready as I'm getting. Hey there, groovy guys and groovy gals out there in Radio Land. Welcome to Horror Vomit, where we talk about horror movies so you don't have to. My name is Chris the Piss Faff, and I am one of your ghosts. <laughs> I am James Marino, and I'm the other one of your ghosts. Man, I thought of that right before you got here. It's been there the whole time. The, instead of hosts, ghosts. Wow. It's been there the whole time. Wow. We are stupid. Good thing you didn't say, hey, guys and ghouls in your Wolfman Jack voice, because I would have probably had to slap you with no, a handful just, of powder. No, I just said boils and ghouls. 
Dude, I was watching, uh, I think it was from 93, the animated Tales from the Crypt Keeper oh, the other day. Holy shit. They're, they're on Amazon Prime right now as of recording this. If anybody wants to watch them, they're amazing. I would watch them, but I would have to have all the parts with the ghoul cut out because that, that voice annoys the living fuck out of me. Yeah, and it's an animated kids show, so the uh, puns are extra bad because they can't be like lewd or fucked up in any way oh oh, man it's an incredible experience i I think i hurt a little bit just thinking about him all right settle down settle down settle down everyone put your dicks away it's it's time to go but time to do this joy of doing the podcast time to talk about dark man 2 the return of durant (laughs) excuse me while i put this back 1995 oh yeah written well at least the teleplay by Steve McKay, directed by Bradford May, mm-hmm. starring Larry Drake as Robert G. Durant, Arnold Vosloo as the Dark Man, also The Mummy oh, from yeah. 1999's The Mummy. Oh Christ! Yep, he's <laughs> he's also in the third one. I looked at the cast list ahead of time for the third one. Oh, he's I'm, in there too. I'm trying to think about that as little as humanly possible right now after this <laughs> oh, oh, steaming on. pile. Of- after after the. Kim Delaney as Jill Randall, Renee O'Connor as Laurie Brinkman, and Lawrence Dane as Alfred, Dr. Alfred Hathaway. Mm. There's a shitload of other characters in this movie, too. Oh, yeah. But uh, anyway, wow. I, have, I have two questions for you, James. Yeah. And they're, they're very similar. I'd li- if you don't mind, I'd like to get them both out okay. at the same time. First, what did you think of Dark Man? And the second part... What do you think I thought of Darkman? Oh, oh, I was going to say Electric Boogaloo. No, oh, I watched it twice and came away feeling nothing but irritated. The, I, I, usually I spend a lot of time trying to find the cool spots, or, you know, mind games to keep me in. I just fucking slogged through this twice. And I could tell you maybe three parts that I thought were funny or interesting in any way. So... What do I think that you think of the movie? Yes. Wow. See, this is a tough one, Chris, because sometimes you can be quite contrary. I'm going to go then. I'm going to hope that you didn't like this movie either, because this is a steaming pile of shit. James? Yeah. I loved almost every minute of this fucking piece of dog shit movie. Wow. I wish I could have watched it through your eyes. Uh, this particular kind of film is like fucking catnip to me. Ah. Absolute dog shit movies. Yes. That are just out of their fucking minds. It didn't even seem that out of its mind. James, there are two future weapons in this film. Yeah, but they were so ridiculous. Okay. I, I was on board very early on. Do you want to know the moment that really sealed the deal for me? Tell me the moment that really sealed the deal for you. When a madman who had been broken out of prison is firing up his future weapon and uh, Pantomime's putting on goggles that are already on him. Oh, Jesus. Fires the super weapon, blows up a thing and goes, Yes! The dawn of a new day! To which a henchman replies, all right. <laughs> okay, I, I, I can appreciate This movie's fucking dumb, and I love it. I can appreciate that, but all I could think of was that uh, 
God, what was his name? Fuck, the guy from Third Rock from the Sun. John Lithgow? Yeah, he, he did that character better in Buckaroo Banzai. Sure, man. Well, okay. It was just like a cheap ripoff of Dr. Lizardo. I'm like, come on. Uh, I would like to kind of explain to you why I like this movie. I would okay. still try to understand okay. why you like this fucking Not movie. Not only is there two future weapons, one of them being a laser gun, but also there is the kind of dialogue that wants to think that it's it's like 13-year-old boy clever. Mm-hmm. And that kind of shit is just catnip to me, especially when it's just super, super dumb. Uh-huh. It's got characters who have just met and act like they have been lifelong friends. Mm-hmm. Which, again, just draws me right in. But if you try and do that in a movie that's not absolutely batshit insane, mm-hmm. it really bugs me. But the tagline should have been, Darkman 2, ah, who gives a shit? <laughs> well, you know, I think the biggest problem with me in this movie is there was a time where I could have just sat there and, you know, enjoyed it for what it was, a batshit insane movie. But since I've been doing this, every time I get my horror movie idea on, I'm going to do it for the podcast, Critical Brain goes in, and I'm not used to using that in movies, and so I have to really work at it. And I was really working at it for this movie. I was trying to find it, trying to find it. I didn't, you know, if I could have just turned that off for about 10 minutes, I might have enjoyed this movie. But think about it from my point of view. It's just a fucking slog, man. This movie hits me exactly the same as films like Battleship or RoboCop 3, where it's just so fucking Fuck wild, and they completely disregard everything. But you see, I enjoyed those movies again because I didn't watch them while I was thinking critically. When I put on Battleship, I knew it was going to be a fucking ridiculous, ridiculous movie. And it was. And again, I, I'm really thinking that since after this, I think we've said it, that we're also doing Darkman 3, but... I'm really thinking that this film series is going to be, to me, like the RoboCop series is. Ooh. Where the first one is an actual movie. Mm-hmm. It might be a little wild and far-fetched and in a, a sort of grounded but alternate universe as mm-hmm. ours. And then the sequels have just complete disregard for the message. Because like the RoboCop sequels pretty much have to take RoboCop at face value as being this wonderful hero and whatever, in which the first RoboCop, he's not really a hero. Like, if you're kind of dumb, that might... But it's... The first RoboCop's an entire satire about, you know, the ridiculousness of militarized police forces and yada, Mm. yada, yada. And the privatization of... yeah. But the second ones have to roll with uh, RoboCop's a hero. It's the same with the Jaws mm-hmm. sequels. The first Jaws isn't about the shark, mm-hmm. but the sequels kind of have to be about the shark. Yeah, especially and, the one, what was the third one, where the shark was actually chasing the people? Uh, four, The Revenge. Oh, yeah. Starring Michael Caine. Ooh, who <laughs> says no to nothing. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking that this movie, because... Uh, Again, we got to it with the first Dark Man that it really is like a warning against against revenge tale told in kind of an outlandish way. Mm-hmm. But it ends with Dark Man saying like, "I've changed as a person. I did all this, you know. I came back for you, but I can no longer be with you because I've turned into somebody else due right, to right, right. all the violence that I've perpetrated." Mm-hmm. 
But this one kind of has to take it at face value that, yeah, Dark Man's the hero. Yep. <laughs> so. and, and I'll tell you. The, the big old right-wingy bad guys with the government. Oh, my. Oh, man. Do you think they could have painted in a, a, any broader of a stroke? <laughs> totally fucking just big old skinheads, swastikas and shit. Uh-huh. It's like, obvious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The big bad, Durant, his main motivation is that he's going to take back the arms business in the city. And what he's going to do is sell this catastrophic future weapon mm-hmm. to some skinheads to yeah. some nazis mm-hmm. good okay. times can we talk about both of the super weapons in this film for a moment i'm remembering the first one is the when uh durant's goon durant and his goons uh break in because they are taking the that bitchin factory oh brinkman's electric hut <laughs> yeah yeah which we'll talk about in a second but he's got the laser gun mm-hmm. that he shoots at them, misses them completely. Yep. And it is unplugged with just like a three prong plug. Yeah, the guy's just holding it up. Yeah. The Russian. Like it doesn't take any sort of industrial sized plug to run this. It's like, and it's not hardwired. This death ray. Yeah, he's just gonna, hey, I got a death ray. Where are you gonna plug it in? Just the outlet in the wall. Now, the second future weapon. Well, the. <laughs> This, I don't understand at all. They just point like an invisible beam that can somehow track things yeah. from three kilometers away. And it's just, it it annihilates everything. Mm-hmm. Well, they said it the, earlier that uh, what, what's the range on it if you're aiming at something this. But if there's nothing in obstructing, you know, you can... Oh, yeah. A stationary target. Well... The uh, was it the distance is only determined by the curvature of the, the earth. earth. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't make any fucking sense. None whatsoever. Just not a <laughs> smile. See, that's what I love about this movie. It's just stupid shit like that. But anyway, what I was getting to. <laughs> There's a point that, in here someplace. Is it the motivation of these uh, Nazis to purchase these future weapons to rid the city of scum? Mm-hmm. If anybody found out that you had these weapons, every single government of the world would converge upon you. I know. That's it. I'm sitting there going... That is a bad plan, Nazis. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just those those weapons in general is anything other than a war thing. If you use it anytime, you're going to draw attention to yourself. And what's the last thing you want to do when you have a criminal enterprise? Draw attention to yourself. Hmm. So, uh, yeah... You want to talk about Darkman's weird uh, train tunnel that he just has? Yeah, just... His train tunnel lair? Now, I've fallen asleep on the L and woken up where all the cars go. (laughs) It doesn't look like that. Not at all. No, he's got his own personal little... uh, Yeah, little trolley car. It looks like a repair car or something that goes to repair tracks and shit. And he's got his own doors that open up to his secret bat cave. I know. Okay, that was fun. Yeah, come on, man. This movie's fun as shit. And then he's got all those computers back down there. Again, I'm still wondering two things that were never cleared up in this movie. One, how the fuck he talks with no lips. And two... Where the fuck is he getting his money? 
And three, why is every single laboratory in this city in just some shitty warehouse? <laughs> You'd think it'd be at a college campus or, yeah. you know, a dedicated science building. It's all building. these just weird fucking, like, huge warehouse factories that mm. they've taken, like, the offices to and turned them into some high-tech laboratory. It's incredible. Because when Dark... Or, uh, I guess it would just be uh, Westlake. Yeah. Because, let's be fair, he spends a lot of time just as Westlake in this movie. Yeah. It's it, a whole lot of just Arnold Vosloo walking around. The funny thing is, Arnold Vosloo's face looks like a mask anyway, so it, it's perfect casting. But the first time he walks into uh, Brinkman's laboratory. Oh, Jesus. His warehouse laboratory. He walks in and says, I really love what, this place is incredible. I love what you've done with all this. Now, did you notice what was in there? It is literally just factory racking with empty skids on them. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. yep but And old, like, plumbing. <laughs> they show the old plumbing up close to make it look like it's some high-tech fucking thing that was set up. All they need now is an industrial, big industrial fan with the, with the shadows and some sparks. Going off in James, the corner. This movie's amazing. Well, what took me out of that scene, like when I first saw Brinkman, is that it's a stark fucking warehouse. No, it's the guy fucking looks like Bill Hicks, and I couldn't get it out of my oh head. Oh my god, he does look like Bill. I Hicks. was waiting for him to do a fucking stand-up routine. I'm like, Jesus Christ, when is he gonna start? Which in turn means he also looked like Alex Jones. Oh Jesus, he. Th- <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and you know, I actually kept thinking that they were going to set up for the, you know, the next movie by making Brinkman the next Dark Man because he started out getting jacked across the chemicals and, mm-hmm. the, you know, but they they faded out, so we never knew what happened to him for real until they said he was dead. So I want to bring up too that uh, apparently Brinkman has never heard of Peyton Westlake. You know, these two renowned scientists working in the exact, exact same, same field, field on the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're absolute 100% peers. In the same city, yes. James. There's this thing they're called peer review No knowledge journals. of each other. You know, people publish papers and their peers review <laughs> it with what... your name on it. That's where Darkman found out about him, was he was reading science journals mm-hmm. in the park. <laughs> like you do. All right. I also want to talk about how many scenes we get of Darkman just in random places, just doing everyday stupid shit. Yes. Do you remember the scene where we got to watch Darkman get his mail? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> At the post office with the bum sleeping on the bench. Yeah. And, yeah, no. Uh, that, I'm sitting there going... First of all, I've, n- I've been in old post offices, but I've never seen one like that ever. It's just seen of... All right. It's all it's us, is, too. And this is why it's very funny. Because we see a lot of scenes of just Arnold Vosloo walking mm. around as regular Peyton Westlake. So apparently, he's just making these masks all the time so he can go out. Yeah. But then we just see him randomly in public as Dark Man. Yeah. Like when he's getting his mail. Oh, and that reminds me of... Or just hanging out in a park. Yeah. Okay, remember when he was by the homeless kids? Yeah. The fuck were they wearing? It looked like some shit out of like Charles Dickens. I was like looking at those clothes going, 
Oh, these are little urchins from 1890. What the fuck are you wearing? This is a city modern. You think a fucking ratty t-shirt or something? No, they've got these weird knitted caps and shit. How could you hate this movie? Well, I'm enjoying it now in this light, but I'm like, the fuck are these kids wearing? Do you remember the scene where we just got to watch Darkman terrorize a cat with a remote control rat? <laughs> yes. I could not. I almost stood up from where I was sitting, mouth agape, wondering what the fuck is going on. And it's never readdressed. I thought maybe the rat would come uh, into play it's, later. It's the finale. It's the climax. Oh, that is right. This movie. But it doesn't really serve that sort of a purpose. It just, I didn't fuck this movie. It's just in a glove box. Yeah. No. <laughs> I wanted it to, like, do something. It didn't do something. So, one of the other things that I really, really love about this movie, and it's one of those tropes that really gets me, the plucky reporter. Oh, Jesus. Courtney Cox's cousin. No, she's, she's basically Darkman's April O'Neil. Yep. Fucking chain smoking. Yeah. Oh, because in the very first time we meet her, she is trying to chief down a cigarette before she is going live on air. Oh my god, and I just was reminded when you could smoke fucking anywhere. Uh-huh. I'd go to the movie theater and there's if you sit in a certain section they had ashtrays in the back of the seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember what uh news outlet she worked for? Oh fuck. Flash news or slash Street copy. Oh Jesus, yeah. I was trying to Remember yeah. this is nineteen ninety five when hard copy was a thing. Uh-huh. Did you notice the street copy building? Yeah. That they put up just like a sign, and then clearly just got, like, plastic banners made that they tacked onto the side of this building. Nothing but class for this movie. Class, class, class. It, it, it looked like the size of a poster that you would, like, back in the day when you would look at posters at, like, Meyer or Walmart. Mm-hmm. It looked like the size of that. Oh, yeah. Well, you... Uh, just a regular wall poster size thing that said street copy. Boom. Again, yeah. that's why I love this movie. And again, kind of like why I love like uh, uh, RoboCop 3. It was, hey man, somebody wants us to do this. I guess we're doing it. They're giving us money. Yeah. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Fuck it. Throw a laser gun in. I want to see more explosions. But you know, you. I will tell you one thing. Another thing that bothered me about this movie. The fucking, the make or the effects, the, like the practical effects, which I loved in Sam Raimi's movie. This one, the mask looked like hard plastic. It didn't look wet. It didn't look like it. It just looked like hard plastic. You didn't like the effects from this? No, I thought they sucked balls. Really? Yeah. Oh, uh, it's fucking Robert Kurtzman. Yeah, well, he must have had an off week because... Oh, man. Uh, if you want to hear any... like, I went through Robert Kurtzman's like best yeah. of because he directed Wishmaster. So I did that on the Wishmaster episode. Oh, jeez, yeah. but Robert Kurtzman's a, like, a legendary effects artist. Right. I thought the makeup looked really good, actually. Well, I'm, I'm guessing I'm talking about for just his face. Just that thing, the mask. You could It looked like the actual plastic. Yeah. It, looked, it looked shitty, and it took me out of it. Just like the street urchin clothes and fucking... Bill Hicks and 20. I was so bored with this movie. My brain was inventing shit just to keep me occupied. What about when they drove a guy off a roof in a golf cart? Okay, that was how cool. Did, how did that not tickle your funny bone? Oh, no, that was that was cool as fuck. And I will tell you, you know, the at the beginning of the movie where, uh, God, uh, the meth guy and the homeless lady and they killed him like right near the beginning of the movie. Meth guy and homeless lady. The, they look like street people. 
Maybe sure. I was watching a different movie. No, well, because this movie starts out with the montage of the first film. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But, but, I mean, the car crash but after... they replaced a lot of uh, Liam Neeson with Arnold Vosloo. Yeah. But I wasn't there... I'm trying to remember the part because... Oh, of, yeah, 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 yeah. Because there's the car chase, and yeah. then the guy gets out and murders these people, mm-hmm. and then casually walks away but while will, the police pull up. I will say that the interplay in the relationship between <laughs> meth guy and homeless lady, it was more believable than the original relationship in the first Darkman. So did you notice in the very first scene of this, Darkman has like actual like superhero powers? And then it never comes up again. Oh, you mean like when he when he just chucked that manhole cover? Yeah, and he jumps across like that 30-foot gap in the rooftop. It's supposed to be explained by adrenaline and not feeling anything. And, the, and the, so, yeah, he throws the manhole cover at this dude's head, opens up the briefcase that he's carrying, and it's full of coke and money. Mm-hmm. The police pull up. While he's still throwing drugs, like, this is all in the same scene. He's still throwing coke on this dude. The police didn't fucking see him? No. He says, thanks for the donation, in his weird fucking accent, and then just takes off. Now we know where he gets his money. Yep. Just ganks it off criminals. Yeah, because he tells uh, Brinkman, when Brinkman says, what, do you have a grant or something? When they decide to partner up after having met once. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he says, "I, I get donations from the community. Yeah. He's just robbing drug dealers. There you go. Well, I mean, you know. He's uh, Omar from The Wire. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. He's exactly Omar from The Wire. Yeah. Except for disfigured. Well, I get... Oh, shit. Omar was really disfigured. Yeah, I was going to say. All right. Dude. <laughs> Larry Drake as Robert Durant was great in this mm-hmm. film, though. He is a very off-putting... Uh, bad guy yes he is and it, again disconcerting and he's he kept it up because i didn't know if he was going to be able to pull a sustain on this because you know we only see him in bits and pieces and that's what makes his character interesting in the first movie is that he's not constantly there and i was wondering if he's going to be able to pull it off i will say that the one shining thing from this movie is his performance man because it's it's actually yeah it's Kind of rattling in the middle of this just batshit kind of laughably bad movie. Because mm-hmm. I will admit, yes, it's a bad movie. Fuck you. <laughs> but every time that he is on screen, you know something awful is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, if he's not committing just atrocious acts of violence, he's selling these horrible future weapons to people that he knows are Nazis and doesn't give a shit. He shows more he shows more emotion by his irritation from the woman giving him a manicure than he does from the irritation of somebody having he's got to go kill this guy. He's he doesn't even have that mild irritation look. So that shows you the coldness. He's going to drive this fucking guy off the side of a building and he just looked vaguely annoyed but when one of his nails wasn't quite right. He was like about ready to kill the person doing the nails. Yeah, in the uh, all right. So we mentioned that he sends the dude over on the rooftop in a golf cart because he is just uh, hitting golf balls through neighboring skyscrapers' windows. Yeah, and nothing happens because of it. Of course, the police force in this movie holds up to the tradition of many movies we've watched, completely inept. And apparently, nobody knows he's alive because, uh, yeah, if we don't remember the ending of the original Dark Man. 
He dies in a fucking helicopter explosion. Yeah, it's not like you're hopping out of a fucking helicopter. And they make no attempt to explain how he survived it. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. They just kind of said, fuck you, we're doing this. Part of me wanted part of me wanted him, whatever happened, like he got saved, but he was burnt beyond all recognition, so they cut off his shit, and now he's Dark Man versus Dark Man. That would have been a fucking cool movie. But so um he was in a coma for 800 and some odd days because his henchman, who is also the detective from Boondock Saints... Oh, Jesus. ...has uh, the exact numbers. I was wondering where I saw him. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, this guy has been skimming off the top of their drug operation. 5%. And Durant, while he's, you know, whacking golf balls off this rooftop, hits him right in the fucking mouth with a backswing. And the effects of no, his teeth... No, that one was badass. Dude, the effects of him getting slapped in the teeth, because usually, most of the time in films, somebody just gets hit in the mouth and their mouth is bloody. His teeth are broken out. And well, the few that aren't missing are jagged. Man, the effect on that is great. Not only that, but the the effect when you you think you see the hit, they got the sound right. I've, I've seen somebody get clocked with a bat, just an uppercut with a bat. And that looked right because... You you barely see anything. Just you hear a noise. Pat the head goes back. It was that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I, I you know I'm happy to have seen the movie just for that. I was like ooh, yeah. And like I said, uh, even Durant's opening like monologue, I guess for lack of a better term, when he's telling them, you know, I've been gone for how long, and you guys have fucked up this entire operation. Well, here's what we're gonna do. We're going to take this factory. And they, uh, his goons, which another thing that I love about this movie that we don't see in films anymore, there's henchmen. Ah, there's yes. There's goddamn henchmen. Yes. But they're going to shake down Brinkman for his factory. And, you know, they say, you know, well, do you want us to just kill him? And even Durant, just as a shrewd businessman, says, no, that's the hard way. Just give them money. Yeah. And it's one of the few times that like this movie's well written mm-hmm. is are all of his lines because he is he's a very shrewd businessman. Mm-hmm. He does not resort to violence really unless need be, and when he does resort to violence, it is fucking violent. It is over the motherfucking top. Okay, uh. I want to talk about one of my favorite things in this entire film. What's that? the ending confrontation. Okay. Because the Russian... <laughs> yeah, there's a Russian henchman. Of course there is. Apparently somebody... Dark Man knows that they're having a car worked on, which was never established. Mm-mm. The Russian shows up, and the, the mechanic underneath says, uh, it's not ready yet. So the Russian gets pissed off and says, somebody called about car, I will take car now! And pulls his gun on a mechanic. Mm-hmm. But at last, it's Dark Man with a face like a Russian. <laughs> oh, jeez. So he, he knocks the Russian out and says, uh, Sid, this is why you lost the Cold War. Aww. Which, okay, that made me laugh for a whole lot of reasons. Because it implies the Russians lost the Cold War because this man was surprised that someone that looked exactly like him popped out from underneath a car and then knocked him the fuck out. Yeah, because, you know, that's a very common tactic. Yeah. That pussy-ass motherfucker. <laughs> Should have seen that coming a mile away. All right, so 
the long story short, the Russian shows back up and they do the no, I'm not him, he's me. I shoot that one, not me, which mm-hmm. they do a few times in this film. Which mm, again, Chef's Kiss, uh, love it. Yeah. <laughs> They did the Scooby-Doo cartoon. I'm no, pretty, I'm the real this person. I'm pretty sure that horse is not going to get any deader. You can stop beating it now. Thank you. Oh, man. They did it at least twice, and I loved it. Oh, gee. Well, they, you know, they took almost full scenes from the original movie and ported them into this movie. But here's we, what we, We've got the, the cemetery scene again. Okay. All right. But hold on. Before I lose this point, okay. this is what I was getting to. When I was talking about how it's very uh, interchangeable and doesn't make sense as to whether he just looks like Arnold Vosloo or Darkman in -hmm. various scenes. So they figure out that he is, in fact, the Darkman. And they pull off the Russian mask. And it's Arnold (laughs) Vosloo. Implying that Darkman was wearing two masks. Yeah. One of which was his actual face. Mm Mm-hmm. So they get into a big gunfight. Fully articulated masks, by the way. Yes. Mm-hmm. They get, but yes, he's wearing a mask on top of a mask on top of his bandages. Because he realizes that his face is about to melt during this gunfight. And just happens to be laying on the floor is his cloak and hat. Mm-hmm. So he r- puts himself in danger to grab his coat and hat. The next time we were shown Darkman, it is his face in bandages, mm-hmm. which is implying that he's putting these masks on over his bandages. Wow. And then, a few different times, he turns into other henchmen. Mm-hmm. Again, implying that he brought multiple masks with him that lasted longer than the Russian and his actual face. Well, they, weren't, they were not, um, you know, shown up in sunlight. This movie's dumb as hell, and I love it. <laughs> I, I will rewatch it in that vein. Yeah, you can't take this movie seriously in the least bit. I tried my ass off. I tried my ass off. So, here's where his superpowers come back again at the <laughs> end. Because they have him handcuffed, and Durant is about to shoot him and Lori, who we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Brinkman's sister. He's about to shoot Darkman and Lord Darkman, who's Arnold Vosloo again somehow. Yeah, and Darkman gets so enraged mm-hmm. that he breaks out of these handcuffs. Mm-hmm. Only the second time in this film that we've seen him have superpowers. Right. Yeah. To throttle the bad guys. This movie's dumb as shit, and mm. I love it, James. <laughs> There was a there was a part where uh, he was dressed as one of the henchmen, and I thought when he finally saw Durant, it's like Durant's he knew for a fact Durant was alive. Yeah, when he's uh, uh, dressed as the detective from a uh, yeah yeah Black Saints yeah that henchman yeah yeah Eddie yeah and then all of a sudden the the scene goes to him throttling Durant and all this other shit and I'm like. Oh, fuck you. Fuck this movie. Fuck. Because as soon as it went back and he wasn't throttling him, I'm like, fuck this movie. Yeah, it was just a dream sequence for no reason. Yeah, just, you know, I fucking hate it. Solid dream. And now they're doing it in the middle of the movie. They're just telling me a big middle finger. Fuck you. You're too stupid. Enjoy. So we're introduced to Lori when uh, Arnold Vosloo walks in to meet uh, the scientist Brinkman. Mm-hmm. And he says, is that your girlfriend? Well, 
staring at her. Just eye fucking the Christ out of this. I know. Woman. I was sitting there going, geez, I felt nasty just yeah, looking at him. Fucking at settle down, Dark Man. It's not as if you've never seen a woman before, buddy. So then. The second time they meet is after uh, Brinkman has been killed, and she screams at him to get out of the factory. Yep. You motherfucker, you. Now, I believe it's the time after this that he goes to meet her where she works, which is at a strip, strip club. club. Yeah, that she owns. Apparently because she is wearing business casual. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, what the fuck is happening in this movie? I don't know, and it would have made more sense to have a strip club if this was rated a little harder. Yeah, and you could see some stuff. This was just like cheesy '80s costumes, '90s costumes. You're just like, eh. Yeah one one of the strippers was wearing like an elegant evening gown. Yeah, I'm like, uh, what are they yelling? <laughs> Put it on! Put it on! This movie's the best. Yeah, to where. In the middle of their conversation, a large black man in a tuxedo opens the door and says, You all right, Lori? Mm -hmm. She says, I'm fine, Bubba. Bubba. Just, no. God damn it. No. Just no. (laughs) This movie's the best. Oh. Mm -hmm. Uh, We didn't talk about when the reporter was killed. Yeah, because it was so memorable. Well, all right. So <laughs> the reporter is running the story because uh, the guy who gets sent over on the golf cart had been running the gang previous yeah. to Durant coming back. Right. And was like a known kingpin. Right. And Westlake brings her evidence that Durant is, in fact, back from the dead and no one knows about it. Well, he had to present the evidence because she's like, who the fuck are you? (laughs) You could be anybody. Again, just characters who have never met, who immediately trust each other like they've known each other for years. Love it. Anyway. (laughs) But she was at least, hey, you know, unless I have evidence, you're just talking. So then he had to come up with some evidence. Yes. Yeah. It was not a coffee-stained piece of paper. No. no okay. So she runs this story on air, to mm-hmm. which she is... The producer immediately runs out yelling at her that that sweet ass of hers is fired. Oh, all of the... There, there's a whole bunch of HR meetings right there with that guy. Oh, yeah. <coughs> and the uh, I guess the station director comes in and saying, The switchboards are going off the hook! It's the best episode we've ever had. Hold the presses. Hold the presses. It's amazing. Copy boy. And she goes out to her car to where Darkman is just waiting for her because he's seen this news report and just lets her get into the car. And doesn't tell her at all that, you know, your life may be in danger. You'd think, he just tells her, eh, be careful. Yeah. You'd think from jump, you know, Duran's a crazy motherfucker that collects fingers and... Yes. Um, just a side room is going to shut you to fuck up. Just know, just know that. Uh-huh. No. They're the scariest individuals in the entire city. Russians don't even want to fuck with them. Yeah. Yeah. And no. his advice is not to say, you need to find somewhere to lay low. Come with me. I can keep you safe. Yeah. His advice is just, uh, be careful, I guess. <laughs> yeah, don't take any wooden nickels. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's our hero. Mm. And then he watches her explode. <laughs> It's the best. I was also reminded of how it looks like they actually cared about their stunt people in this movie because <laughs> you could tell they were doing stunts. Mm-hmm. Unlike the first one where you're like, holy shit, they live. So uh, 
Durant, re, or not Durant, uh, Darkman realizes that, uh-oh, Durant is going to go after Lori because mm-hmm. Lori is supposed to be, be uh, again, Lori is Brinkman, the scientist who was killed's sister. Yeah. And Durant's shell company is giving her a million dollars cash for the factory because apparently he's left it to her. And they're giving her the money to start a new life so she can get out of this horrible business casual strip club. Okay, now now think about what he's just done when he tells her, hey, it's blood money. Don't fucking take it. He killed all these people. So what he's telling her is, hey, hold off on this money, but doesn't say, hey, you know, if you do that, by the way, um, you're going to be hunted for the rest of your very short life. So you yes. you might want to think about it. I, she All the reasons she gave to take the money were fucking valid. Absolutely valid. And that was a lot of fucking money. She could have been all right. Uh-huh. I, no, got to get in her head. Fuck her up. But Darkman talks her out of it and inevitably gets her killed. Yeah. Because who gives a fuck about anybody else but me? Yeah, no, wow, wow. It's perfect. Just wow. (laughs) Yeah, so, fuck, where was I even going with this? Oh, so he realizes that uh, he has talked her out of taking this money and calls her on the phone and she answers it. And right as she answers the phone is when Durant and his men get there. Mm -hmm. And again, he screams, no! Jumps on his own personal little trolley car and has his own computer that somehow runs every single track and subway in the city. Okay, the only thing would have made that funnier is if they had one of those old-fashioned cars that you had to pump to go on. Yes. I would have shit my pants laughing. And it would have made it way better because they did that typical, like... it almost looks like a Benny Hill sketch mm-hmm. where they just taped, uh, like filmed it and then ran it at one and a half speed. <laughs> yes. I kept waiting for the music. It's amazing. There are so many questions to be asked that are just left completely unanswered. And I appreciate that mm-hmm. because again, if it's a film that's like almost like a hereditary or something where it's taking itself very seriously, yeah. but it's leaving huge questions to be asked. And I don't mean things that are like left open for interpretation, right. like basic structure things that are never explained. Right. If you're making a serious movie and you do that, go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. If you're making dark man Two: the return of Durant, fuck it, go for it. Give him control of the entire subway. Fuck yeah. It. Give them laser guns. Who gives a shit? <laughs> laser guns and a computer that works on there in 1990, whatever the fuck that was. Yep. Yeah. No. Although I will have to say the the I think the one clever thing in the movie was they make the guns right, mm-hmm. but they control the ammo, the the batteries. Yeah, so that that is that was a really clever idea, and I thought that was well played. So I have, I, I'll give the movie that too. Yeah, because um, the scientist uh, Hathaway who. Every time that maniac is on screen, it's the best. Oh, yes. Because he is a terrible actor. Mm-hmm. And he's chewing the fuck out of that scenery. He is going for it. He is swinging for the fences, and I appreciate every second that he is on screen. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> what do you mean, eh? I still don't... I still think he's a ripoff of another character, and it irritates me. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It, Got issues. I, I forgot where we were going with this. Sorry, right. you were enjoying the fuck. I, w- I was talking about the things I appreciated about this movie. All right. Either way, <laughs> um, I, he is involved in one of my favorite parts of the film. 
I, I would like to talk about one of my other favorite things, if you don't mind. Um, please do. For a brief moment. Uh, well, a moment. Okay. Okay. The way that we're introduced to Dr. Alfred Hathaway is he is in a Hannibal Lecter-style prison cell. Fucking-zackly. Like. Yes. Uh, complete with the, like, plexiglass, what you would assume would be plexiglass anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, barriers that they can see through, the stone walls, the small mm-hmm. cot. The writing on the walls, the pictures, the, the music. Yes. And he is receiving his dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I almost wrote this down, but I think I've got it. What's on the menu for tonight? Lobster Florentine? Beef Wellington? Seared ahi on a bed of uh, uh, Belgian endive? Which, oh, again, on Dave, they didn't understand, and they just let him say whatever the fuck he wanted. Mm-hmm. To where the large orderly says, Nah, it's your favorite. Puts down his tray. And the doctor screams, James, Mm -hmm. screams. And this is how we know he's a maniac. At the top of his lungs, yells, I hate meatloaf! Yes. That is how we are introduced to this character. Yes, yes, yes. And and all I could think of during that scene is when they were talking about food. It's like, this is what a little kid thinks fancy people eat. Yes. Yeah. Now... After hearing this maniac scream, I hate meatloaf, (sighs) the wall explodes. Like a bat out of hell. And apparently, does. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Nice work, James. Fucking hole in one. Thank you. You really sunk that eagle putt. I couldn't. Which uh, I guess is not a hole in one. Man, no. I'm bad at golf references. And, and I was right there with you. I was just agreeing with you because it sounded good. So here's why this scene is also very funny. Because okay. after a grown man screams, I hate meatloaf, and the wall explodes, mm-hmm. the man who is standing closest to the wall is fine. Mm-hmm. It blows the orderly through apparently what was just thin glass, uh, the thin glass barrier keeping this maniac scientist. Mm-hmm. In his cell. And it was it looked like so much air pressure that he was blown across the room. Yes. Oh, shit. While old boy was just sitting in bed. Uh-huh. Just laughing. Standing next to the explosion. Yeah. And then henchmen rolling and just light this fucking orderly up. All of the bullets. All at once. And then they just hijack a scientist. Yeah. No. And again, there's, there's no pushback from authorities. There's nothing. No. Mm-mm. There is no police presence in this film whatsoever. Oh, God, no, there isn't. There just isn't. Which, again, in a film like this, don't give me a police presence. Just make it as batshit nuts as you possibly fucking can. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they did. Well, they did They did not disappoint in the craziness. I will have to give you that. But, oh, man, I just... It's still, it was still a rough watch. And I, I actually sat through this fucker twice so I could have something to talk about. Yeah, I watched it again today before you got here. And like like I said, man, this is the kind of movie where I recognize it is a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Much like RoboCop 3, much like Battleship, much like House 2, and some of the others just... Wait, they did a House 2? Yeah. Oh, we've talked about it. Oh, shit. I'm thinking of a different movie. Yeah. So, yeah, it's got uh, Cliff Clavin. Oh yeah, that, I remember. I remember. Yeah, and didn't have he plays an adventurer, and Bill Maher's in it too. John Aston was in the first one or the second one. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. He was the old cowboy. The shit falling off. 
Oh, Cowboy. Oh, uh, Gramps? Yeah. Yeah, Gramps. Oh, Gramps yeah. is the second house movie. Okay, then I have seen the second house movie. <laughs> yeah, where him and that fucking weirdo dude just get drunk under the stars. Yes, yes, And then yes, they crash yes. a car. Uh, it's house, no Frighteners, but it'll do. Dude, House 2 fucking rules. Yes, yes, yes. They find a fucking caterpillar with a puppy dog face. Oh, Jesus, I forgot about that. And then it becomes a character through the entire film. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And a baby pterodactyl. The movie's fucking bananas. Yes, it is. But anyway, it's it's following films like that that just like... We don't make sequels like this anymore. If they do, it's some shitty B-movie that's trying to be like a hardcore action. It's, it's just bad and boring. Which yeah. I guess you found this to be bad and boring. But it to me, this goes so far. When you introduce laser guns yeah. and just shit like that. And like, yeah, Darkman having his own unexplained underground tunnel system. It's... I give it a free pass all goddamn day Mm -hmm. because I don't find it boring. And that's what ultimately, if you're not making a deep film that I really need to think about. Right. If you're just making something batshit and crazy. Just be entertaining. Yeah, don't make it boring. Right. Because that's what like uh, when Hoople and I talked about a Christmas horror story. Right. They have all these premises that they could just go fucking nuts with. Right. But it was boring. Boring, and that is the biggest offense that like a stupid shitty sequel or B movie because this was straight to video. Yeah, there's no fucking way this came out. Mm-mm. Executive produced by Sam Raimi. I guarantee you, Sam Raimi has never seen this movie. <laughs> no, they asked him if they could use the characters, and he said, "Fine, give me a producer credit and pay me for it." Right there, you go. Yeah, and I think it's going to make it easier for me to watch the third one in that light, thinking about it now. Yeah, because. Again, the first one, while it was... I mean, it's a, it's a full-on Sam Raimi movie. Yeah. It has all the visuals that this movie doesn't. Mm-hmm. It has all the visual aesthetic that makes it an actual film. And I feel like kind of a dick saying that because people did spend time and money. And, like, there were big explosions and shit in this. And Right. But, it, you know, I take a look at it... Um, but it's a direct-to-video. Right. But there's two... You know, like, when you go to work, there's two kinds of people who go to work. They show up and do their fucking job and really do a good job and show up and collect a paycheck. This movie felt like a show-up-and-collect-a-paycheck kind of movie. It's like, ah, fuck it. We've got a union crew. we got money. Let's make this film. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and I didn't feel that... You know, it was even in... The worst Sam Raimi movies, you feel like there's some kind of passion there. There's a vision. There's a something. Yeah. This didn't feel like anybody wanted to stick their head up far enough to go, hey, why don't I do this? Right. But, again, that's where, like, the it not being boring to me factor comes in. Okay, yeah, I see Because it goes so far off the deep end. Like, again, we talked about the first one, how it's oddly grounded. Mm -hmm. Like, it's sort of within our universe and there's fucking crazy things that happen it's more accessible but, yeah. but more of it is a uh, visually crazy shit happens like when the they're at the fair and the background like yeah. shatters behind him visually it's insane or the girders and the things swinging and exactly shit. yeah yeah they don't have the money to do that and shit like this so they get somebody who's been up for eight days doing blow to write it <laughs> and it when you take it in as a whole, I when I got done with this movie, mm-hmm. I was almost like exhausted. Like, Jesus fucking Christ, you guys. Like, this is what 
you came up with for this like insane story of revenge and uh, how revenge changes you was mm-hmm. eh, uh, I guess just Dark Man's a hero now. Well, see, I'm hoping then, having said all that, that this this third one takes an even bigger turn. That's kind of what I'm hoping for as well because that would actually make it my favorite of all the three of them mm-hmm. much in the way even though it's probably the worst i i'm hoping that i enjoy it because it's the same with the robocop i was going to say robocop 3 is just it's dog shit yeah but it's fucking insane yeah but it's he shoots a fucking ninja robot with a grenade and then gets a jetpack booyah hell yeah dude mm mm and again, I understand uh, as far as like film goes, yeah, that the RoboCop series diminishes in quality over the three of them. But when doing that, you have to go so fucking nuts with the resources that you have. Yeah, re- ratchet that shit the fuck up. That my f- the order in which I enjoy the RoboCop movies goes from three to two to one. Mm-hmm. The first one, great film. But I'd rather watch three or two because they're so fucking nuts. And I'm really crossing my fingers that that's what's going to happen here. Well, you know, the only time I saw the series of movies that I was really hoping that would go further, I was really hoping that Starship Troopers would have done that. But their their movies got progressively worse and worse and shittier and shittier and not even batshit crazier. It just fizzled out. Yeah, like, like we were just talking about when you make a... Cheaply made sequel, the worst offense, in my mind, that you could perpetrate is to be boring. And they managed to make Starship Troopers boring. Yeah, another great Paul Verhoeven movie. Oh, fucking Paul talking. Verhoeven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except for Showgirls. Which, actually, I think that was kind of maligned at the time for being bad. And, like, was it Elizabeth Berkley who was yeah. in it? Is that her name? People gave her so much shit, and to his credit, Paul Verhoeven was like, I told her to do that. Right. She's not that bad of an actress. That was my direction for this character in this film. (laughs) Everybody needs to leave her alone, which, again, I love Paul Verhoeven, because he got so mad when people didn't understand Starship Troopers. I know, they were like, oh, they thought it was... Yeah, he's one of those dudes that you can just see him pinching his brow and going, I dressed them as literal Nazis. God Mm. damn it. (laughs) What more did I need to do to get this through to you people? Did you see the techniques they were using to train the soldiers? For the what? The Republic? Did you see the outfit fit I put Doogie Hauser in? <laughs> Gee, that hat looks really familiar. <laughs> Circa about 1942 to mm-hmm. uh, current. <laughs> because, you know. They still wear that. All right. So, yeah. We ba- briefly touched on. But, yes. Durant's goal is to sell... Again, these future weapons to literal Nazis. There is a part where they're showing off this weapon to the Nazis. Mm -hmm. And the lead Nazi says something about like, "Ah, looks like it's a deal, all right. To which Durant says, yep, far right. (laughs) Yes. Do you think they could have? Dark Man 2 recognized that Nazis trying to commit fucking genocides were starting to be a problem again in 1995. 
Well, actually, there was at least I don't know in the Chicago area, the skins were big and about mid nineties. I mean, they were getting huge out there. Yeah, yeah. So that was a that was a very and the whole Reagan era. That's when the, they started coming up real hard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, who'd have thought Nazis being aligned with conservatives? Um, I, it wouldn't have ever occurred to me. Fucking Nazis, dude! I'm so fucking sick of Nazis. Uh. <laughs> I mean, it would be strange to. I, yeah. How are you feeling about Nazis today? Well, yesterday I was sick of them, but today I, I'm saying that to somebody about something recently. When like, oh, I said something about how uh, I really like Robert Pattinson. They're like, fucking Robert Pattinson sucks. I was like, well, first of all, that's not true, and like, that that's kind of a bullshit thing to say. Like, don't. I don't. I try not to give people shit for stuff that they like, because again, like Dark Man too. I like a lot of dog shit, but like the only time you can get, really give somebody shit is if they like something that objectively sucks, like Nickelback or like Hitler. Hair metal. And go fuck yourself. <laughs> I just brought up, yeah, that it's all right to give somebody shit for liking Hitler, and then you're gonna bring up a thing that I like. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you right out the door. I just got that joke. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> it took me a second. Yeah, dickweed. Man, you really sucked the air out of my sails on that one. <laughs> At least it wasn't mid-podcast this time. It, it kind of is. We are still recording, James. I usually catch you like right around the beginning, so you fluster for a couple minutes. But I do have good news for you, though, oh, do regarding tell. Dark Man 3. What, what, what? Do tell. I actually have two pieces of good news for you regarding Dark Man 3. Ooh. One. What? Do you know who is the one of the stars of Dark Man 3? No. Jeff Fahey. Jeff Fahey. Does that name ring a bell? It does, but I can't remember what for. Lawnmower Man. <gasps> oh, cheese. Shit. And yes. Yeah. Dude, we should probably cover Lawnmower Man at some point. Ooh. Sexy video game designer Pierce Brosnan. God. Yeah. So, uh, yes, Darkman 3 stars the lawnmower man himself, Jeff Fahey. Ooh. I have also lined us up a guest for <gasps> Darkman 3. Uh, unless any, unless something goes wrong, we will be joined by our good friend and frequent guest, Hoople. Now, hey. I have given her the stipulation that she is not allowed to watch Darkman 1 or 2. <laughs> You're so fucking so, mean. I love it. So she is going to have no context and just fresh eyes on Darkman 3, colon, die, Darkman, die. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, It's going to oh, be man. a real hoot. Oh, this is going to be amazing. So have I have I talked you into at least seeing why Darkman 2 could be enjoyable? Well, absolutely. Again, I think my main problem was that I was thinking about this movie critically because, you know, fucking after I cut my teeth. <laughs> oh, out, don't so, do that. <laughs> no, I would not know. But um, after watching the Ben Wheatley gigs and, and, you know, and some of the headier movies and, that we watched. Yeah, I think one of the first ones I had you watch was uh, High Tension. Yeah. And House of the Devil, which is a real, like, film film. Right, so it got my brain working that way, so I tried to put that to this and just know. Yeah, and then I slap this piece of shit on a plate and push it in front of you. <laughs> I got I to gotta kind of remind myself, okay, if it's a sequel to a cheesy flick from the 90s, chances are, don't think critically, just watch it. So, I, I, I want to remind you of something, too. This will come up again in the next episode. 
Darkman was originally released in 1990. Mm-hmm. This came out direct to video in 1995. Mm-hmm. You want to guess when Darkman 3 was released? 98? 1996. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the year after this. We Theoretically, got... I didn't look up the exact dates. Darkman 2 and Darkman 3 could be Irish twins. <laughs> I was going to say they were probably... Fill- hey, do we still have the sets? Yeah. We still got some money left. You want to oh. knock another one out? Arnold Vosloo is uh, Darkman in number three as well. Well, of course. Hell yeah. Who else are they going to get for that cheap? The Mummy Returns. Who else are they going to get for that cheap? I don't know, man. But he was in The Mummy. Ooh, yeah. Love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I I think that's... uh, And I... We... We haven't talked about a whole lot of the actual, like, insane dialogue in this. But yeah, really just shut your brain off. Or super duper pay attention because a lot of the times within scenes they will contradict themselves. And if you're watching it critically, like I sometimes do with writing, Mm -hmm. it's very funny. Oh, it's stilted as fuck. Oh, yeah, it's dumb as hell. I was like, ooh, you know, I just, even just reading, like if I just read that as a paragraph, what they were written, I would have no idea how to like vocalize it. Just the words next to each other just don't look right. And, and this is the kind of bad movie that I I will take back. I don't think it's kind of like House 2. Because House 2 is just a fucking brain buster. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a Killer Clowns from Outer Space or Return of the Living Dead where it's just like, holy fucking shit, what the hell is this? I love Killer Clowns. Again, it's not... This movie isn't that crazy. Ah, yes. It's just subtly weird as shit when mm. you really look at it and go, wait, what the fuck did they just say? Wait a minute, did that? Did they just casually shoot a laser yeah. at, at the gangsters and none of the gangsters rea- the, the reaction is, oh, you think you're some kind of Luke Skywalker? Yeah. None of them drop everything that they're They holding. just watch shit vaporize right yeah. next to their fucking heads. And none of them drop their guns and go, fucking shit, man, sorry, we, uh, oh, we're gone. Yeah. Like a you know reasonable gangster would do that. Uh, they, the fucker's no, got a laser. They are unimpressed <laughs> till old boy unplug, unplugs it. Yep, like a fucking box fan. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh, right. that was well thought out. I, I like how I said that we should probably wrap this up and then remembered more crazy shit. Well, you know, we could be doing this for a while because there was a bunch of crazy shit in this movie, so. I loved it, though. I loved every goddamn minute of it. Uh, Actually, not really. There is a good 15, 20 minutes of this that about, like, the 45 minute to a, maybe an hour, maybe maybe a little more. Yeah, where there's hour. lots of talking and walking. Yeah, and it, it kind of lags. Again, I think it's where we get Dark this. man stops and cooks an egg. and Yeah. <laughs> no, literally goes and gets his mail. Light, rolls a cigarette and lights it. <laughs> Stares at the television for a few minutes, you know, just like you do. I mean, he's, he's puffing on a cigarette with no lips, of course. Terrorizes a cat. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about how Durant was... Uh, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Just he, the, uh, uh, the remote control rat that he was using to terrify this cat mm-hmm. is just in the glove box of this car that Durant's in. Randomly. And uh, Darkman can remote control Durant's car. Yeah. It's real stupid. Yeah, I didn't get it. I just... You you shouldn't have. It was dumb as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
And you yep. like this, huh? I'm going to have to try it again. Absolutely loved it. Because I don't think he even just put a bomb. I think he just put that entire remote control rat in the glove box. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I will have to say that initially I felt the same way about Humanoids at the Deep. Yeah. And then I went and rewatched it. And I loved the fuck out of that movie because oh. I stopped thinking about it and just went, oh, hell no. Oh, you mean the movie where there's the lady wearing sexy lingerie just around her house before she goes to the Salmon Festival? Of course. I mean, don't you want to get pretty for the Salmon Festival? I mean, yeah. I do. And then they're just tailgate drinking? Yeah. And the sexy lingerie? Yeah, it's fucking stupid. And I loved it. Yes, yes, yes. Well, <laughs> right. again, I appreciated it more upon second watching. So I'll, I'll give this one another shot. Dark Man 2. Electric Boogaloo. Catch it. Or Catch the fever. Go into this with the correct frame of mind. You might enjoy it. This movie might be... Oh, this would be one of those perfect, like, you're super duper sick and just laying on the couch and watching, like... It just comes on and you don't know where the remote is. Mm-hmm. Like that couple of weeks ago when I was really sick and uh, Charlie's Angels 2 full throttle came on. Oh, Jesus. And I just sat and watched it. It was pleasantly... Uh, uh, I mean, I fell asleep for like 15 minutes at a time throughout that movie, but it was something fun to stare at. So what I would, last time I got that sick <laughs> and I could go to... I rented film, or films. I did the uh, Rudy Ray Moore Film Festival. Oh, fucking Christ. Fucking I watched like the Monkey Hustle <clears throat> and... And kid, the tornado and the human, human tornado. tornado. Yeah, I watched, where he fucks a house down onto a lady. That's right. Way oh, I fucking I I've loved Rudy Ray Moore. I think I heard the first. I think I heard his album when I was about fourteen. And at one time, I could do the whole thing way down in the jungle deep. Yeah. All uh, right. Well, let's not have both of us who are white complected start doing Rudy Ray Moore jokes. Cause, uh, uh, you know that'd get me in a whole lot of trouble. That will probably get us pulled from everywhere. Yeah. But ah, I love me some Rudy Ray more. So, yeah. Go get yourself a good fever and then watch Dark Man 2. Yeah. Because you have to be sick to enjoy this. <laughs> or just super duper stoned. Well, there's that too. I got fucking blazed. <laughs> Maybe I should have gotten super blazed before I Oh, man. That. Like, I was. Like I said, if I had had the ability to stand up from where I was sitting while watching this, I would have several times. <laughs> Because there are a few shocking moments where you just go, what the fuck? <laughs> All right. James, what have we got to plug? We're on the socials. Check us out. We're Ooh, around. Yeah. We do the thing on the stuff with the people and the stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. We do the Saturday. Or I do the I didn't do the Saturday night movie last night. No. I was very tired. Although I think I might be having a weekend off in the next two weeks, so I'm you know I've been wanting to get in on this Saturday action for a minute. Yeah, um, we'll figure something out to do with that. Cause five o'clock a.m. Sunday comes real quick. I I have I have never like promoted it anywhere but here, and no one listens to this. But I'll throw it up on the I'll figure out how to do it on the Instagram because mm-hmm. sometimes that gets around. I'll, Put it up on the Grom. On the Grom. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, man, that sounds like something real gross that you'd, like, find between your balls and asshole. Whatever, I got a bad case of a grum. You got some talc. Like, yeah, like, it's sort of slimy, but, like, oh, like, when rubber cement dries, like, you can you get that spongy, peel it yeah, off yeah. into a ball. Yeah. Where it shouldn't stick together, but it does because it, it's... It clumps between. off in, like, broccoli-sized chunks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It has the consistency of, like, a, a brownish-black oatmeal... Yeah, that's been out for about two, three hours. Got that, that the skin oh, over the top. Uh, when you hear ads for like uh, uh, 
pill, like prescription pills. Mm-hmm. And the, the one of the warnings is like, mm, you might have some anal leakage. This is what collects in the taint. Yeah. The, the grum. <laughs> you might have some grum buildup. It's a, it's Get a, yourself some lava soap. It'll come right out. But it's, it's a nice little mixture, a nice little spongy mixture of anal leakage and talc. Yeah. Oh, great oogly moogly that's nasty uh, should we be done after that we we should have been done about a minute before we started that before we went on about the grum yeah on okay. that note bye bye, bye.